Hello, and welcome to Art Speaks, a new arts and culture podcast from Philips. I'm your host, Arnold Lehman. After a half century in the art world, mostly as a museum director in Baltimore and in Brooklyn, and five years at Philips as senior advisor, which means someone who is old, knows a lot of people, and isn't shy about voicing opinions, Hosting a series like this seems like a perfect fit for me. So for each episode, like today's, I'll be at my desk having a socially distant conversation with friends from the art world, artists, dealers, museum directors and curators, collectors, and critics, to learn from them how and what they are doing and what is on their minds today and for tomorrow. So let's get started with our conversation with my friends, Hank Willis-Thomas and Rue Hockley. Here are my great friends, Rue Hockley and Hank Willis-Thomas, curator and conceptual artist, together borrowing a place in Connecticut, outside of Brooklyn, you feel kind of nervous not being in Brooklyn and being surrounded by all those trees and green and whatnot. Trees. And other other houses. <laughs> oh, it's not in the it's not in the hills of Connecticut. Not no. in the fancy part. No. No. Oh, well listen, but you can go outside. No, it's yes, great. It's awesome. And I mean to answer your question, yes, I would feel nervous in that setting with all the trees <laughs> and the, yeah. the hills. That's, that's the thing. We heard a noise last night and we we're like, wait, what's that? We're not each <laughs> having a house. Yeah. I have yeah. to tell you, when we moved, oh my God, four hundred years ago to Miami for the first time, um, uh, for the only time actually, um, we were asleep. We were there for about a week and we were in this dense jungly area. And I heard this weird noise. And the only thing I could grab is one of our sons, you know, that thing that you roll along the ground with your hand that makes a noise, like two wheels. And oh, it yeah. like a song. It's the only thing I could grab. And armed <laughs> with that, <laughs> I went outside to find the culprit. And it was a, like a raccoon that was shaking a tree making all that noise and i went back in closed the door locked it twice and said to pamela <laughs> what are we doing here with all these animals yeah, yeah it's weird so, yeah i i think this i think this indicates that we're um we are a town folk yes. Yeah. yes which puts us in a doubly awkward situation how's brooklyn um you know the only place we we are in serious lockdown by mm -hmm. my sons, which I might have told you. Yeah. Uh, the only thing we can do is to go out on our terrace when yeah. it's a nice day, but we have to fight with bees. Why are there bees on the 23rd floor? They are, they are an inch and a half. They're like the size of a small hummingbird. They're so big. <laughs> Oh, these might be the new bees. No, 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 they're not those. They're not those. And not those hornets or whatever no, they are. Not those. But they don't sting, apparently. They hover. Yeah, the big ones don't sting, but they're still unpleasant. Well, the other day, we don't have any bee spray or anything like that. So 
You can't kill bees nowadays. Maybe you should get some flowers. Yeah. Maybe they just There's want some flowers. Colony colony. flowers. They're not interested in the flowers. They're interested in us. <laughs> so Pam, summoning up all of her courage, she's much more courageous than I, yes. sprayed one with hairspray. And <laughs> he dashed away. And we didn't have any bees for about an hour. Um, he probably fell 23 floors, not being able to get his wings away from his body. But uh, I felt badly. But we did have the terrace for an hour. They're an endangered species. Just for an hour. So are you um, able to w work in Connecticut? I mean, Depends are, on what are you we, call work. Yeah, I think their definition of work and productivity <laughs> has you know, changed significantly for everyone, but not for anyone more than people with small children or any children, but I would say especially like she can't really, you know, playing alone is it's like 10 right. minutes tops. And then she's like, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I think Pamela, Pamela treats me as having a small child here as well. <laughs> <laughs> we are perfect. We have so much work. She and yeah. I, that we have no, we, it's like, almost in forced labor. Um, <laughs> at least when I was commuting back and forth to Manhattan, I had 45 minutes in the morning, 45 yeah, minutes. Right. Yeah, I miss my commute a lot. idea. And, you know, I mean, in between people popping in to see me in telephone calls, there was a respite. But now it's like 9.30 to 7.30, both of us are working. Wow. At 7.30 we have dinner or eight o'clock we have dinner. And then we have date night. We have movie night every night. Oh, that's so cute. Till 1.30 or 2.30 in the morning because we binge everything. Wow. 1.30 or 2.30 in the morning? Arnold. Got wow. it. You got it. That's so if amazing. I fall asleep while we're talking, don't be at all surprised. Because you've been up all night. So what did you watch last night? We watched a French series called... Bonfires of Destiny. Mm. And it's oh. set in the late 1890s. Ooh, this sounds exciting. I love a period drama. It's about a fire that took place in Paris. Um, unfortunately, it was very, very uh, visual, killing about 100 women. Wow. Men trampled all the women to get out you know, our brave species. And, uh, and what happened on after that to three or four different women who survived the fire. It's very, very interesting. Where are you, Sounds like something channel? I would not it's watch. It's on ever. Netflix. It's, it's on, on Netflix. It's a Netflix series? Okay. And it's about six episodes. We watched it in two episodes. We watched four one night and two last night, the two last ones last night. But I recommend it. We also have been watching British um, police series, all of course with subtitles, because we could understand the French better than we could understand uh, the, 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 the Brit talk. So. What's the one where the Top Boy? Did you watch Top Boy? Oh, Top Boy is really good. Yeah, that's supposed to be. We haven't gotten there yet. It's really I, good. I, we've been doing the British thing. We've yeah, it's, Top it's Boy is British, British, and you need subtitles. 
It's a British, <laughs> I guess, crime-esque. It's really good. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. Well, I have to tell you one. Let me, let me skip to art for a moment. For a moment. Uh, for a moment. I have to tell you, we have a lot of friends who walk around Brooklyn, do nothing but walk. They, you know, they walk in the street or they, they're all decked out, masks, of course, and yeah. hats. And some of them actually wear raincoats, even though it's not raining, and gloves. And they're very sad. And I don't, I would do the same thing if we were ever let out of our apartment. <laughs> but they all have been walking over towards Tillery Street. Of course. And seeing Unity, mm -hmm. um, which is Hank's, how big is it, 20 feet, 25 feet tall? Yeah. Something like that. Raised arm and uh, raised, I think that's index, index finger. finger. I, I don't want to make, make a mistake. Um, and someone called me about a week ago, not knowing that we were going to speak at all, but knowing that we were friends, said <laughs> they, they saw it all the way over towards Brooklyn Heights, up Tillery as far as you could get. Yeah. And they thought it was a different finger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, you know, I feel like both are appropriate for this time that we're in. They are. Well, they called me up and they said, how could, you know, art in public places or anything put a sculpture up that's giving the finger to Brooklyn? And I said, I think you have to get closer. This is, this said, is how rumors get started. You're, you're looking at the wrong finger. Uh, <laughs> and they did. They went out the next day and they walked a couple of blocks and they called back and they apologized. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you should. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, but you At know, least I know now what to do with my next public sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did I ask? Uh, you know, well, the, nice thing, fingers, <laughs> the nice thing was they said there are groups of people around it. Everyone who called said there were a bunch of people around it. And that's not good. Yeah, wait, that's terrible. Social distancing sculpture. No, no. <laughs> I didn't think about that. But people who walk across the Brooklyn Bridge and other people coming both from east and west, and they, they gather around it. And yeah. uh, so that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been there not even, what, six months? No, Something yeah, like that? More than that? No, just six months is November. Yeah, that's what I thought. We were away when it went up. And when it, we got back, there it was. So it looks great. Thank you, Hank. Thank it's you. It's great. It's great. And uh, we have, speaking, of course, for all of Brooklyn, yeah. I, I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Pam and I appreciate it very much. Well, thanks. You know, you were one of the first um, museum directors I, I ever met. and supported my work uh as very very early on like two or three years out of grad school and so and then also bought work for the museum which i, I saw in the book of museum's in, in newsletter your, today and it was in your survey show or no yeah. more recent piece but it was in the Brooklyn museum newsletter today well so. i haven't I haven't read the newsletter really? i don't mind on my newsletters one, one of the works that you acquired for the museum which uh, one uh was it one of the, the advertising pieces the unbanded pieces yeah. Yeah. Ah, well, I think that was the first. Was that before or after 
uh, Question Bridge. It must have been before. That was before. Before yeah. Question Bridge. And that was, I you know, just love that. I think we bought 40 of them or something like yes, that. Yes, we did. It was just wonderful. Uh, and that was when, in 2001. Well, I met you, in t I think you might have even done something earlier than this, but I remember meeting you at Photo LA in 2006, but you probably bought the work in 2008 or nine, right after um, the Rubel family. Um, Where you were one of 30 yeah. Americans. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. What a great show that was. Yeah. And so early for, for not private, but for a semi-private institution at that point uh, to do such a significant, ex oh, there we go. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, one of my favorite ones of all. Yeah, mm. oh, Forgiving, Forgiving Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> oh, uh, see, asking for money. You don't get if you don't ask. No. And yeah. I mean, I think there's there's never been a time I, that institutions are in more need, unfortunately. Yes, unfortunately, it's astounding yeah. how much how much um, in revenue has just disappeared. Every all of it. And yeah. those institutions like Brooklyn, like the Whitney, who are trying to hold on to staff, yeah, um, are doing the right thing but are putting themselves in more and more at risk. Yeah. So. The auction houses are doing okay from what, from what I see. Oh, well, that's good. So let me ask a question. I'm trying to remember because of course I take uh, some credit of this. I know my friend Thelma Golden and your friend takes credit too, but somehow <laughs> I always suggest that uh, I brought the two of you together. And I do know one thing, Rue, you came to the Brooklyn Museum. I want to be transparent here. Rue worked at the Brooklyn Museum as assistant curator of contemporary art. And I think you came to the museum when Question Bridge was up. You mean to work there? Yes. No. I started working at the Brooklyn Museum in December of 2012. And I, yeah, I probably interviewed. August. Yeah, when I came to meet you in your office, the question bridge was probably up. All right, so. I don't like fully remember, but I mean, I came back to New York because the Brooklyn Museum hired me. So, and if I hadn't come back to New York in 2012, I don't, then, you know, I would have stayed in California. And then who knows who I would have met and married? Probably somebody else. So you can take credit for that. We're responsible for the geopolitical socio relationship that developed between the two of you. Yes, you created, well, I think because you were, um, yeah, because I had a great a close relationship with the museum, um, still did a lot of things with the museum. And then when Rue and I would see each other out, um, we had our, our, our bond of, of, of the Brooklyn Museum. <laughs> you know, so. And besides that, and I wouldn't say this with anybody listening, but um, um, someone's mother always said to me, aren't you gonna find a fabulous young woman for my son? <laughs> someone's, someone's mother. Your, your mother would kill me for saying that. It's not true, it's not true. But I can imagine her doing so. In any event, so 2012 was a big year for the museum. A great hire, 
an extraordinary exhibition that I have to say, I sat in those galleries for hours at different points. Yeah. Watching not only the videos, but watching the people. Yeah. Watching. And it was an extraordinary experience for me. Yeah, likewise. And I think for a lot of people who were, who were not black males, mm-hmm. that this was addressed to primarily, as is so much, Hank, of your work. Um, but it was so, it was unforgettable. I think mm-hmm. that's the word uh, that I would use. It just was unforgettable. And uh, I was, as so many of us museum, was so sad that it closed. I mean, I, I just wish that we had the space and the, the, the way to do this just to keep it there permanently. Yeah. Um, which would have been a great thing. <laughs> and with all the things that I think of great, of course, we'd have to be doing exhibitions outside on the street because we wouldn't have any room left. Yeah. Well, we've done so many shows. Do you remember how many exhibitions you've done? Is it possible to count? I did. I did it when I was retiring, and it was about 450. Wow. That's between, that's between Baltimore and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I say that, those are exhibitions in which I had a very direct hand, mm-hmm. either subtly or not so subtly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot more exhibitions that were done. Yeah, well, as a museum director, yeah, even with Question Bridge, you were you had your hand. <laughs> you actually made space where there wasn't space for it. You opened up spaces in the museum that weren't normally used and said, like, why don't we use this? And where was Question Bridge in the museum? It was where um, uh, Ruby Latoya Fraser was. Oh, on the mezzanine. And the mezzanine, the same space, which I think might have been one or two exhibitions that followed. Wasn't that one of your first exhibitions? Yeah, LaToya Show opened, no, LaToya Show opened, yeah, when I first, that's like, that's the first show I worked on at the Brooklyn Museum. So it probably was maybe one or two following. Yeah. Uh, We didn't always use that space. We we literally had to move, it was used for storage. Yeah, no, I know. And we made galleries out of it because it was intimate enough for the kind of program that Question Bridge was. And then it worked beautifully, it worked beautifully for LaToya. And, and then I think it got closed down again because, you know, we, Brooklyn has- It happens, in and out, in and out. <laughs> where do you put everything? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then how many shows have you curated since you left, since you retired? Actually, only a small bunch. I did our uh, American-African-American show, mm-hmm. both in London and in New York. In London, it was a somewhat different show, although it was American. Um, I did an exhibition about uh, contemporary artists using light within the, the framework of, their, of what they made, whether it's sculpture mm-hmm. or painting. And I did an exhibition called No Men, which was oh, uh, yeah. um, what it says, you know, just women. Um, and I think there was something else, but um, I'm working right now. This is about you, not about me. 
but I'm working right now on a big street art and uh, graffiti exhibition. Oh, cool. For January, if January ever gets here. Are you spoken to Jose Parla? Um, I have not as yet. I haven't reached out to anything but stuff that I had worked on. Okay. Okay. Well, you were there. I forgot that you were in New York even, right? No, you were in, you were in, 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 in Baltimore, but you were... I was in New York all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And forget that I was here riding in those subway cars in the 1970s. Yeah. yeah. Moving works of art. Yeah. Um, Did it feel like a moving work of art at the time? Uh, exactly. And if I, if I really was watching, I probably could, I would probably see lots of artists running away from cops <laughs> <laughs> if I took an early morning or a late night train. I never got to the yards. I never got to the subway yards to see what right. was going on. But um, I have spoken to a number of the early graffiti artists, asking them what it was like and what the feeling was and, you know, why did their mothers let them out uh, at night uh, to do this? And one of them said to me, when I explained what I was doing, she decided it was the least dangerous thing I could be doing, being out at two o'clock in the morning, painting subway cars. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> so that's how with high voltage electricity. Oh, <laughs> right. But tell uh, me what tell me what you guys are up to. What's what what's your next project, Ruth? Uh <laughs> up in the air? I mean, my next project before we were in quarantine life was Julie Maratu's show at the Whitney. That's a co-organization between the Whitney and LACMA. So it's up at LACMA, um, it was supposed to open at the Whitney in June, at the end of June. So that's what I was working on, you know, right before. So everything is postponed. Yeah, and kind of the exact parameters of the postponement are still being sorted out. But yeah, so, and of course, new exhibitions on the calendar, it's kind of a hard, you know, we don't know what the future holds in any way. Right. So... we were what we were together when you opened your. Um, you're too young to have a retrospective. Mm-hmm. I know they do. Amazing your survey. Your great survey show at Crystal Bridgers, which I think yeah. was going on to Cincinnati or Cleveland. Yeah, or? yeah, exactly. So it opened uh, around February 5th, 2020, at um, Crystal Bridges in Arkansas, and um, like record numbers of people at the opening and a lot of really amazing feedback and response. And then uh, COVID uh, interfered. As an uninvited guest. <laughs> yes. Uninvited uh, guest. And um, yeah, and so now the museum's closed. I believe they plan to reopen in the next few weeks. Uh, and the exhibition is hopefully gonna be up through June. So they've extended then, it somewhat. Yeah, and then they're and going then to, go can, to Cincinnati. You know, if everything, if everything behaves, could maybe get to Cincinnati still. Yeah, exactly. Or, or we'll just hop in a car and drive. <laughs> drive it up ourselves. Yeah. Well, I have to say, although I knew ninety percent, ninety-five percent of the work that was in that show, I'd never seen it all together. Yeah, and that was a remarkable experience, and oh, I think a, a remarkable experience for everybody 
whether they knew everything you've ever made or they knew nothing. It was a remarkable experience that I give. Um, I didn't get to see it in Portland, Portland, Oregon, where it started, but I thought they did an incredible job at Crystal Bridges and again, so meaningful. Um, I was really touched. Yeah, it's just, cool to see it in different places and just seeing how the curators bring their own perspective and attention to the work. And well, that's what a curator is supposed to do, right, Ruth? Hopefully. Right, exactly, exactly. And what I didn't say when I was introducing you, Rue is also co-curator of last year's uh, Whitney Biennial, if I'm not mistaken. 2019, yeah, last year. <laughs> Feels a very long time ago. Actually, this time last year, we were installing the biennial. Right. And we weren't sitting in this apartment for seven weeks. Uh, no, but, you know, I came, I went back to work after having um, our daughter to install the biennial. So I had been home for about eight weeks with a newborn baby, and then I went back to work to install the biennial. So it's actually weirdly symmetrical. Right, I guess. Very different reason, but it feels somewhat similar. And I don't think we're getting out anytime soon, unfortunately. I think quarantine will be longer. You'll be set for the next biennial. I don't know what's going to happen for maybe the next I'll be biennial. In it. <laughs> maybe. You know, this video could be, you're right, this video could be exactly. part of this. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, I thought, I thought we, we felt, Jane and I felt like we had it pretty hard with our biennial and all the dramatic events that occurred but actually right. we had it really easy at least we knew that it was going to open and you know people were going to be in the building to see it you might have had the last biennial well we didn't have the last biennial <laughs> but it'll look it's going to be different well, no because the next one won't be in two years it'll be in three years so well be... the one before was three years also oh so it's yeah. basically moving it's a triennial called biennial. moving moving downtown they skipped a year oh i remember the first biennial that was three years later so it was 14 then 17 then we went back to 19 and now probably it'll be 22 instead of 21. you also did crossing brooklyn uh the survey show right Eugenie, yeah. under your direction okay under... we have we have a guest coming you do. She's fully protesting now, so. Focus. Focus. She's like, I want like, to all these other things. We're going to edit out everything else except when she came into the picture. There, I mean, you know, isn't that a metaphor for, for life as a parent? <laughs> like, what happened before? It is. It is. Thank you. Well, good to see you. Great thank you so much you. for all your work and your love and uh, dedication to the arts and artists. It's all there. It's all there over and over and over again. So, nice to see you. Give our love to Pamela. Is it you, Lucas? Yes, there you go. Good job. <laughs> Yay. We clap, we clap, bye. And then we wave, bye bye. Bye bye. Can you wave? Can you wave? Bye. Bye. Those were my great friends, Hank Willis Thomas and Rue Hockley. I hope you will join me next time on Art Speaks when artist Kiki Smith will be with us.